Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome everyone to RB1 colon A Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your humble host Pete Rogers, joined as always by Clark Barnes. Clark, how are you? Doing great, Pete. Loving the playoff action that we've seen so far. Looking forward to this weekend even more. Yeah, baby. Um, I, this means nothing to anyone who's listening, but Clark, I do apologize for being late to recording. Uh, we had... Our brand new TV just delivered. Um, so I had to quickly get that set up, of course. And then there was a whole little crisis because we didn't have a Phillips screwdriver. So I had to run out and get that. It was a whole shabadabadang. Pete, you're about to get married and you don't have a Phillips screwdriver? We gave it, we gave it to my brother and he's never returned it. So I could reach into a toolbox and pull no fewer than three different Phillips head screws. Okay. Okay. The shaming is over. Pete, I know what I'm going to get you for a wedding present. I'm going to get you a little Phillips, like the brand ratchet set and screwdriver set, 967 pieces, 899 at Home Depot. I'm okay. You really just did me a favor. Now I know we're done. Now you know exactly what to get me. That's what I figured. I figured I would just uh, say this on the podcast and hope that you'd eventually pick up on my subtle clues as to what I want for a wedding gift. Yeah, and if the Phillips screwdriver company is looking for shows to spread the message to the younger crowd. Hey, guys. Hey, there is no podcast on the podcast airwaves that speaks to a younger crowd than us. I'm just assuming... I'm assuming the average age of the no one who listens to us is zero. And thus, the youngest crowd we could possibly have listened to us is uh, we have. Um, as always, we always start off with a bang. Uh, we have so much football to talk about. We're back in your ears to break down. We'll do a little recap of the wild cards through our delightful beer bets. We have some obviously breaking news across the NFL, which we'll tackle. And then finally, um, we will start to dissect the divisional round playoffs. Uh, it's just all around going to be a fan-freaking-tastic show. Um, let's start with some breaking news. Eh, it's not really breaking news. Let's start with news. NFL news. It's probably breaking news to me, Pete. I it's don't like social media, news. so this is all new. This is where I get my news I each like week. This. Good. This is what I like because I like having a, a, a live reaction from you when, when I'm breaking down all these stats. It makes me feel special, and it makes this segment feel worth it. Yeah. Area podcaster reacts to old news today on the RB1 Fantasy Football Podcast. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to listen to that? It's gold. Uh, start off in uh, Oakland. John Gruden, new head coach of Oakland, the $100 million man in Oakland, because uh, guess what? A coach can get fully guaranteed money, uh, but players cannot. I have it in my notes. Rant about how coaches get guaranteed money, but players don't. So prepare. Yeah. So totally understand the move. Would totally do it if I was the owner of the Raiders, but also kind of like, oh man, poor John Fox. Like, <laughs> really, like, I don't know why I feel sympathy for a man who makes like several million dollars a year and has reached the pinnacle of his career and hopefully his family life is going well, too. But like, man, that's a tough gig. That's like you're dating Nicole Kidman and then you decide like that's not good enough. And then Halle Berry is like your replacement girlfriend. I don't, I'm old. I'm making old. That, no, references. Those, those are good references. They're good references. I'm sure. I'm sure our non-existent zero eight average aged fan base will hey, get them. We have people that listen to the podcast. I Dude. showed my mom how to download it over Christmas. So that's at least so that's one at more. Least one person. One more download. Not listen, but hey. one more download. <laughs> and I'll check in every month to have her like hit the renew. Like, are you still listening to this? Are like, you still? Uh, dude, you sure you still want to download this? Yeah. Um. Yeah, no. I mean, again, it makes sense. I am, well, 
I don't even know if it makes sense. I think this is this move reminds me 100% of why the Raiders brought in Marshawn Lynch this year. Is it's because it's like, hey, Oakland, let's all try to make you guys forget that we're moving for Las Vegas in two years. And you guys love us. Let's bring in John Gruden. Remember how great he was when he was here? But was he that great? I mean, he was. Like, he was really good. Yes, yes he was. Okay. Okay, continue. Hey, you, hey, when, this, is, you, this is your expertise right now, Clark. We are now reaching into history, the past of the NFL. If memory serves, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traded real football assets for the rights to John Gruden and won a Super Bowl because of it. Now, it's not because John Gruden came in and like rebuilt a 2-14 and 14 team and then made them relevant. Like He came into a good team and pushed them over the I top. Mean, that was a loaded defense, the 2002 yeah. And we'll see if he's lost it while he's been casually watching football and working his ass off as a broadcaster. I don't think he has. I think that time off like this for coaches is good for them to be able to look at the game from a different angle. Because when you're in it, I'm sure that there's some kind of mask that comes up or some kind of hubris of like these other guys are just getting lucky but when you're looking at it with nothing involved i think it probably gives you a fresh perspective and then when you come back i'm counting on a coach who's already shown that that he is a fantastic coach like not a great commentator fantastic coach let's not forget wonderful wonderful coach so I'm really excited if I'm a Raiders fan. I, I don't care about the Raiders. And I, I think that the Raiders this year with Marshawn Lynch, I'm usually the cynical one. It's nice to hear this from you. I think they just swung and missed on a guy that might have given them something. But I feel like this is a great move for the Raiders. Yeah. And we'll we'll see over the next okay. few years. Ten years. Ten My years, goodness. A hundred million dollars. And the insane thing is, is they've kind of like put themselves, you know, in, in between a rock and a hard place. Because if it doesn't work out – yeah, you can release him, but he's still getting a hundred million dollars. Like this is that is getting paid no matter what. So it's it would be like yes, a hundred million over ten years. If he coaches for ten years and makes that whole hundred million, that's ten million a year. I just did that math in my head. Well done, so Nate. good, Pete. I uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. But if he gets, you know, if this year doesn't really work out, and next year doesn't, you know, if it, if in two years everyone's kind of like uh, John Gruden's lost it, then you have paid. $50 million a year for this coach, for this guy. Like that's, it's, it's a gamble. It's a, it's a risky gamble. It's clear. It's clear though, that Mark Davis coaxed John Gruden while they were both in a barbershop together, because they both think that the like weird bowl cut that goes to like the middle of your forehead is a great look. So as a man who's glad that modern culture allows for someone to just shave his head to hide his balding, I'm not going to talk about haircuts. I'm not gonna, I have chosen to move on. But uh, for a team that's moving to a new city, and usually there's a lot of turmoil going on with that. We saw that with the Rams moving. The Chargers are still kind of trying to settle in. Fans don't exactly know what to expect. I think this move shows fans that there's still some organizational clarity. There's going to be some stability, even though this move is happening. And I just. Yeah. Oh, no, completely I'm... lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to save it there, but I was just, I was just putting filler words. I wasn't actually making a point. I was just like, yes, good. Great. Well said. Um, that's fine. Hosting. Fine. That's, hosting. That's what I'm here for. No, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, there's Yeah. That's basically all that we can. That's the conjecture that we can just randomly spew right now. Let's oh, got it. No, I got it. This is important. Perfect. So Perfect. for all of you out there thinking about getting a new job while you have a job, that's a good job. This should teach you all a lesson. When you have a fantastic job, you get to negotiate from a place of strength. I doubt that the Raiders were like, guess what, John, we're going to blow you away with this 10 year, hundred mil contract. I bet they went in with something like, four years 50 million and john gruden's like i call one game a week on tv and make six million dollars it's gonna take a lot more than that to get me away from this and this is the kind of deal that you can get when you're not desperate for searching for a job so if you have a job that you hate keep it put those resumes out there and then negotiate from a position of strength when that new potential employer shows that they're interested in you
Especially when the new potential potential employer has been like actively recruiting you, not secretively at all, for the last five years. Mark Davis has made no uh, kind of attempt at hiding the fact that he has been seeking after John Gruden for a while now. I love it. Don't give away the milk for free, boys. Make them exactly. pay for it. Make them pay for that milk. Uh, let's move on to another coaching hire. The Bears have hired Chiefs offensive coordinator Matt Nagy um, as the head coach. So Clark's stunned face. Breaking news. Breaking news to Clark. To no one else but Clark. I love it. So I think that we expected something like this to come from the Bears with Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I I wasn't a huge fan, but to tell you the truth, I didn't watch the 12 games that he played at North Carolina. So I'm reserving judgment. I think what we saw from him this year was at least enough to think he can turn into a competent quarterback. And then to get someone from – the Andy Reid system, who I assume just had Andy Reid's skills like at least a little bit like slough off onto him, seems oh, like yeah. a huge improvement from the offensive mind on the guy that he's replacing. And then hopefully he'll be smart enough to hire a legit knows what he's doing defensive coordinator. Because, I mean, as terrible as the Bears were, they did have a pretty stout defense for not yeah, investing a lot on the uh, so exciting to see offensive hires from the fantasy perspective because we want to see people score points and we knew that wasn't going to happen with John Fox. So maybe this new Andy Reid disciple will start churning out, you know, 8,000 yard offensive seasons again. And hey, you've got two, you got two things going for you. One, when the Chiefs were in their slump, Matt Nagy got uh, took over play calling and brought them out of that slump. So that's a, that's a plus right there. And two, Matt Nagy slump buster. Slump buster, Matt Nagy. Uh, the Bears are clearly hoping that this whole like hire a new young coach with a second year quarterback thing that the Rams just did works for them. So with that in mind, clearly Jordan Howard is going to be your MVP next year. So buy Jordan Howard next year in fantasy drafts. He's going to be now, this year's Todd Gurley, clearly. I feel like you're saying that a little tongue in cheek, but it is something to keep an eye on. When offensive coordinators change or when an offensive minded head coach takes over on a team where we know there's offensive talent, that is when you see these explosions. Now it's still putting $500 on black. You don't know if it's going to turn up or not, but it, this is the kind of thing that you should look for when you're speculating on that second or third round running back. And Jordan Howard is, if nothing else changes on the super Bears, talent, this this will be the discussion next yeah, year. About unless Jordan the Bears, Howard. unless the Bears like just go balls to the wall in the wide receiver category, and for what like somehow are able to just completely reconstruct that um, that area, that position group, I guess it's going to be a Jordan Howard show. Like you saw, I mean. Again, I hate to, you know, we're always all going to be hearkening to Sean McVay because what he pulled off in L.A. was a miraculous miracle of construction and teamwork. But uh, he came into L.A., recognized that Todd Gurley was by far and away the most talented player in that offense and constructed an offense around Todd Gurley with good moving parts. I would not be surprised if Nagy does a similar thing, especially as a disciple of Andy Reid, who does like that kind of, I mean, think of what Kareem Hunt did. Think of what Jamal Charles has done. Like, that's kind of what, think of what Brian Westbrook did out in Philadelphia way back when. Um, Wasn't so there Thomas you, I, Davis. I mean, th think about what a, a journeyman running back has done when they right. got in the start. Like, think about like, why do we know Sharkhandrick West's name? You know, like not to bag on him, but like certain coaches make certain positions viable and, and we're speculating, but it's at least within the realm of possibility that this was his mentor and this is what he'll bring to this position. So it's exciting. Yeah. To, yeah. I, I mean, the no. bears, <laughs> the bears, bears were no a veritable black no. hole. Of fantasy offense. That and offense, this gives you some hope. Yeah, that offense was absolutely garbage. If if Matt Nagy can do anything to revitalize the career of Kevin White, um, he will be a miracle worker. Oh, I, I hate to see people fail. As, I mean, especially from injury. So yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for you, Kevin White. And if you want to come on the podcast and talk about it, it's at RB1 Podcast. Dude, we have so many invitations out there to play players. When they all agree, we're just gonna we're not gonna have time to fit them all in. So we we you know it's gonna be tough. But that we'll leave that to our PR uh, people and our producer to to figure it all out. Yeah, I'm not a single man anymore. But my dad gave me very good advice one time. He said, "In the wild, uh, cheetahs are only successful one in nine times on a hunt." So 
you need to put yourself out there over and over and over again. And don't be discouraged because of failure. So we're going to continue to invite oh, NFL 100%. talent to the podcast. And I'm not discouraged if they don't come. No. I'm going to keep at it. Hey, what? that's my new life motto. Cheetahs only succeed one out of nine times when they hunt. I only succeed one out of nine times when I try to not spill food on my lap. So there you go. That's pretty I good. feel like that's comparable. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty good. Uh, final bullet point on the news. The Seahawks have decided that, you know what? Hey, guess what? Uh, their coaching staff, not really up to par. Um, fired their offensive coordinator. Fired the unfireable Tom Cable, their offensive line coach. Don't know why it took him so long to do that. And I haven't heard anything updated, but most likely their defensive coordinator is also out. Um, so finally, uh, um, the Seahawks might not, uh, have an offensive line constructed of ex basketball players. I feel like the most likely thing to happen next in Seattle is that the NCAA investigates them for rules violations and Pete Carroll just retires. And that's hundred percent what's happening. And suddenly I've, se- I've seen this movie before. It's going to happen. And then, then the, the, my favorite part of all that whole process is going to be the, the complete leaving of the Seahawks bandwagon. I feel like that's already happened. I you know, like they didn't win a Super Bowl last year. So I'm just back to enjoying salmon and fine coffee. And the Sounders. Seattle has a surprising uh, MLS scene. Yeah. I actually like- have been in that neck of the woods. And as a Texan generally disparage every other part of the country, other than the exact part of Texas that I'm in. That is a beautiful area. It's nice. It's nice when it's not raining. Um, Even when it's raining, it doesn't rain here. It's nice to have. Some that's change. fair. That's fair. We, I, I experienced uh, natural water coming from the sky, so I can understand if you don't. Uh, it being a wonderful thing to witness. Uh, I was going to ask you if you have any news you want to add, but then of course remember that you have been you purposely live under a rock. So not uh, really. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Playoffs, baby. Okay, so playoffs. Uh, so let's let's uh, quickly recap. Speaking of playoffs, Clark and I last week in our uh, wild card preview podcast placed a few beer bets. Cheers, I'll drink uh, to that, bro. And of course, this is just exactly what it sounds like. Um, and so we'll recap those beer bets, and in a way, recap the wild card weekend. So uh, killing two birds with one stone, or two cheetahs with one meal, uh, and then we will move on to the. I, I don't know. We were talking about cheetahs, and I tried. Um, and we will then move on to the divisional round. So let's start uh, with the very first game and subsequently the first uh, beer bets. Myself, uh, I had I placed a bet on Mike, M- Mike Malarkey would be fired. And this one of all of the ones that I got wrong, all of the bets that I placed that did not uh, come to fruition, this one was the most upsetting because at halftime, I was looking so confident. I was looking so good. I was looking like, God damn, I'm going to get this beer. Finally, um, Marcus Mariota is going to get a good head coach, someone who's going to release his full potential. And then guess the frick what? God damn it, Andy Reid, and your inability to run an offense and 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 have a capable de- – I mean, losing Chris Davis was a big freaking deal, and suddenly Derrick Henry just became an unstoppable force. But uh, Mark Malarkey – the Ownership has come out and already said that Mike Malarkey will be around next year, which is depressing. Breaking news again. Okay, so I actually have a note here. There's still a five to ten percent, five to ten percent chance that he loses his job. So I'm just going to put a strike through. So I don't know if I, and I didn't. I mean, this is again excellent work by, on my part. I didn't necessarily read exactly what the release was. I don't know if it said specific specifically that they are he's fully on board next year. Or if they just he has their full support because the thing is, the thing is, um, they're in a weird situation now because they've come out in full support of Mike Malarkey just as they pulled off this upset against the Chiefs, and then they're going to Foxborough where they'll probably get waxed by the Patriots, and now suddenly what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I have no idea. This I think is disappointing for fantasy football fans and for Marcus Mariota fans, but. I mean, uh, you can't bag on Malarkey too much. He did get this awful team to the playoffs, and then they did upset a Chiefs team who I I thought was looking great until Kelsey went out, and then they just absolutely hit a wall. They just fell apart. Um, I guess I I appreciate the fact that you don't want that cashed in right now. I appreciate that you're willing to give me... uh, If he gets fired next week, you win. 
Oh, man. I mean, yes. for sure. Like, I, I, I like to think I'm a fair. Mark, that's 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 very nice of you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, go ahead, mark it down as a win for this podcast. But I mean, naturally, naturally, I will, I will, I will let you do that, especially if you're willing to rescind the W once it's there. Yeah. So my bet for this game, which I also lost, is that Delaney Walker will lead all receivers. You had it. You, you had Tyree. I was so so close. close. Tyreek Hill had 87 yards, and I think I think uh, uh, Delaney Walker was definitely second, but I think he had like 74. 74. 74. Led the Titans, and but and, was and almost led the Chiefs. Uh, you and you were kind of helped by. I would have been very curious to see what Travis Kelsey would have been able to put up if he had played a full game. Oh yeah, I, I would have, again not wishing injury on anyone, but well, of course. But like my note is like I have the bet, and then my A bracket is so damn close! Exclamation <laughs> mark. So I was like wrong for the right reasons. This game, this game was so thing. damn close for the both of us. For the both of us, it was so damn close. Uh, so worst, yeah, so that's the worst closest game of the weekend. Worst closest game. Uh, so that's a beer piece. Um, for each of us. And before we go on to our next beer bets, I do have to say um, this game was actually surprisingly very exciting and very enjoyable. It got exciting. It got exciting. It got exciting. Once Mariota threw a touchdown pass to himself and everyone just had a collective pooping. um, Then it was just like full blown. Like, let's let, let's see what happens. Let's see what the magic can happen. Uh, When he when Mariota threw that block to break Derrick Henry for a first down, uh, it was just glorious. It was great. That last, the last half, second half was fun to watch. But anyways, uh, the reason I bring this up is because, because there was a highlight in this game. This was this end part of this game was very full of highlights. But there was the biggest highlight of this game, and, and we will play the clip because it's an audio clip, and and that is when Derrick Henry <clears throat> was stripped by Marcus Peters, and. Eventually, it was confirmed that Derrick Henry was down, so it wasn't a fumble. But the fumble, ball's on the ground. Derrick Johnson picks it up, runs it for a touchdown. This is when the Titans were up 22-21, and it looked like the Chiefs had just sealed it with a minute 47 left in the game. Looks like the Chiefs had had, had fought back the comeback, and... um, And and uh, the uh, announcer, ESPN's announcer, Sean McDonough? Dunnough? Sean McDonough? Is that how you say his name? I don't know. Yes. Yes, marvelous. Um, did a marvelous job, marvelous job calling this play. And so I, I want to listen to it because it is by far and away to me uh, the highlight of this game. Chiefs really up against it. First and 10, Tennessee. And the ball comes out. The ball has come out. Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler in the history of the Chiefs with a touchdown for Kansas City. <laughs> There were several squeaks <laughs> during this call. And personally, I feel like the squeaking during the broadcast, to me, I, and I'm not being sarcastic here, I like it because it shows that the person that's calling the game is like genuinely excited. Oh, yeah. And you can't you can't hate on him for not showing enough excitement. I mean, he was... It's it's what gets me is is the three squeaks in a row where it's Derek Johnson, the Chiefs' leading tackler, and it's just Derek Johnson, the Chiefs' leading tackler. It's that second puberty man. It comes up honey quick. <laughs> oh man, uh, Sean McDonough, if you want to first tell us how to pronounce your name and uh, talk about your cre- creaking voice on the podcast, you're invited. We would love to have invited. you on. And again, this is just we're going to come after you. We would it's, be so honored to have you. It would be this. This podcast is just going to get rebranded as RB One Colon the We Ask for Anyone Famous to Join Us podcast. Sure, Halle Berry, you're out there. Come on the uh, podcast. We're not on the podcast, man. I promise. What What else are you going to do with your afternoon? Uh, with your evening? Um. So we only had one bet then for the Thursday. Uh, not Thursday. What the hell am I saying? We only had one bet for the Rams and the Falcons, and it was one that somehow I felt in the back of my mind during the game that I was actually going to win this. And then clearly when I looked at the stats, I was nowhere near close, but I had bet um, Freeman was going to have more scrimmage yards than Todd Gurley during the game. Clark, of course, obviously as any sane human being would <clears throat> took Todd Gurley. Um, and so that's a beer for Todd, uh, for Todd, for Clark, <laughs> Todd, you can have a beer too. If you want Todd Gurley, if you want to come on the podcast, we will <laughs> send you a beer. <laughs> um, I don't know why I felt so confident watching this game that 
that uh, that Todd Gurley was going to have less yards of scrimmage. But somehow when I was watching this, I was just like, oh, yeah, I nailed this. I mean, Todd Gurley was pretty well contained for, for the vast majority of the game. He broke off two big runs at the end of the second uh, at the end of the second quarter, beginning of just before the end of the half uh, in order to get the I think it scored a touchdown or, or kicked a field goal in order to make it a 10 13 game heading into half. But anyways. You know, beer for Clark. He picked, he picked up a lot of chunk yardage, and I felt yeah. like this was like my favorite kind of bet—a like fifty-five, forty-five bet. Like I thought I was getting the best of it, but that it wasn't silly, mm-hmm. and that I I still had a a good chance to lose. Um, I think we're going to see Freeman more involved this week against the Eagles, and uh, fantasy slant on this game for the Rams Ooh. since they're out. I think next year, Robert Woods is going to be that interesting third or fourth round wide receiver where there's going to be two camps. There's going to be the like, this was a fluke year. I have no faith that this is going to happen again because Robert Woods talent wise is just not this good. And then there's going to be the second camp who was all in on Pierre Garcon every year because they were like no Pierre Garcon is the number one wide receiver in an offense where the offensive coordinator really highlights the number one receiver and so I think that's going to make him about a third or fourth round value and I challenge you Pete if Robert Woods is available in the fourth round of your drafts and you're thinking about a wide receiver are you going to take him or are you going to pass I think I would take him I and I think that comes from I mean I think it's I think he I don't think this season was a fluke, but I also think a lot of that comes from the fact that I added him off the waiver wires. And so I was able to benefit from him this year. Uh, and so it's a little bit of like a self or just like kind of I already know what he can do and he's already succeeded for me. So I'm going to kind of keep rolling with him until he lets me down. Um, but I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily a fluke. I think I don't know if it's going to be as amazing as it might even be more amazing, especially if Sammy Watkins doesn't get resigned. Then you just got. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and those two, you know, already have enough. And, you know, Todd Gurley, that's plenty of weapons for uh, Jared Goff to spread the ball around to. Yeah, I'm with you. If you're the Rams, one, why do you bother re-signing Sammy Watkins? Because someone's going to pay him. There's going to be, really, en- yeah. There's gonna be enough really, people out there that saw Sammy Watkins when an offense made half of an attempt to get him the ball. And they're going to think, like, that's cute, Sean McVay. I don't know why you didn't use this guy, but we still think he's good. So he's going to get paid. He's going to go somewhere else. So I'm with you completely. That I don't think that this season was a fluke. I think he probably had the best year he's ever going to have. But I think he's going to be a system player, where he's, and which is not derogatory. He's going to be the number one wide receiver in a system that features one number one wide receiver. And I think he's going to put up very solid numbers as long as this Rams situation stays about the same. And in the fourth round, that's the kind of person you're looking for. If you can get a starter in the fourth round that you just leave in your lineup and he just yeah. finishes like 15th at his position, that's a very solid pick. You win yeah. championships with those kind of picks. Yeah. Um, before we move on to the next uh, beer bet, I want to say that I, I kind of get this feeling. I feel like given the, just the number number of looks that I felt Sammy Watkins got that game and targets and just kind of like uh, opportunities to succeed, especially downfield. I feel like the Rams kind of are just like, Hey, Sammy Watkins, go earn yourself a contract. Like if you beat Robert Alford multiple times down the sideline and you make big plays for us, you're here, we're going to sign you, but he did not And I kind of think that was the Rams litmus test. And they're just like, all right, so you can't beat one-on-one coverage. We're now, we're not going to resign you. I don't, I would be surprised if the Rams resign them. That's my personal feeling. I feel like the Rams finally had the chutzpah to ask that girl out that they'd been thinking about for months and months, and then they had dinner with her, and they were like, oh, you're a terrible person. Right, right. I think that's exactly what happened. And so they I got think what they wanted, and then they didn't want it anymore. I think that girl, I think that girl's going to go somewhere else. Um, like, oh, you're kind of anti-Semitic. That's weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't like that about you. Uh, all right, moving on to the third game, Jaguars versus the Bills. And my God, uh, if at the beginning of the year you had been like, hey, the Jaguars and the Bills are going to play in the wild card game, this is exactly the game that I would have envisioned it being. And I would have been so mad at you. And I would have been like, no, don't you dare suggest something so awful. Don't make me have to comprehend such a horrible notion. Um, but nonetheless, we had to witness it. Uh, I had I had a beer bet. Clark had a beer bet. My bet was that the Jaguars defense would score a touchdown. Uh, that was literally my notes. Um, beer for Clark. I 
want some credit because the Jaguars defense played out of their minds. And they and, did turn them over. And they did that pick by Jalen Ramsey to seal the game was unbelievable. That was one of the most physically talented, uh, uh, just like that was, you know, when you watch Julio Jones, you're just like Julio Jones at any point can just turn it on and just be the best physical human being on the field. That was Jalen Ramsey's Julio Jones, where Jalen Ramsey's just like, hey, not only am I going to break on this route so quickly that I can break it up, I will also lay out past you and intercept it and have control of it through the ground and then dunk on the goalpost. Yeah, I did a lot of drinking this weekend, so I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I want to say that I heard a stat saying that Jalen Ramsey made his second first-team All-Pro nomination as a corner. Is that true? Whether or not, it doesn't matter. Who cares? For this point, if it is true or if it's not, I'm not surprised at all. No. I watched the Jags a lot, and I didn't like that this year as a Texans fan, but but Jalen Ramsey, really, we haven't seen a corner that talented in a long time. We have seen a lot of corners that were supposed to be that talented, but Jalen Ramsey, since Patrick Peterson's burst onto the scene and then subsequent fading away. Yeah. By the way, yeah. Jalen Ramsey is absolutely dominant from the corner position. He's the best cornerback in the league. It's so odd to see that. He gets under people's skin. He doesn't play dirty. He plays physical. If you throw the ball near him, he's going to get it. And if you run to his side of the ball, he is going to chop you down. He he is just amazing. Can you imagine? Remember when he was coming out in the draft and people were all like, oh, is he going to play safety? Is he going to play corner? Imagine if you had bought into all of that shit and he was currently playing safety. Like, he would still be a phenomenal safety. Like, he would still be, like, you know, probably – if not the best in the upper echelon, he would be, you know, a phenomenal uh, uh, playmaker in that realm. But like, imagine how much we would have lost if he had played safety. If if some stupid team had drafted him, been like, hey, he's a little too big for corner. He tackles really well. He has great instincts. You know what we're going to do? We're going to put him in that deep. You know, we're either going to put him in the box and he's going to play strong safety, or he's going to play deep third Earl Thomas and kind of roam and make plays. And I think the unique thing about Jalen Ramsey is when you have that type of player of are they a safety or are they a corner? It is exactly what you said. They're a little too big and slow to play my number one corner, but they're like way too fast and maybe a little small to play my safety. The unique thing about Jalen Ramsey is the difficult decision was he's absolutely fast enough to play my corner. He's absolutely big enough to play my safety. So it's an embarrassment of riches in this situation. Instead of choosing the best, it's like he can do both of these. Absolutely. And I think you, you put someone at corner from, I'm not a defense coordinator, you know, peeling back the piano, as we like to say, breaking news. If I can just put a guy on someone's best wide receiver and then just not have to worry about them, that value to the defense is just immense. Right. right. Totally. So and then it, you go out, he, he's, he's just a, a rare, rare to, Oh, and then AJ boy on the other side, fantastic corner. Watch him play in Houston a ton. And he's done yeah. the same thing in Jacksonville. He gets picked on in Jacksonville all the time because of course, Ramsey is light years ahead of him, but that's like saying anyone who played opposite of Randy Moss wasn't quite as good as Randy Moss. Like, well, of course not. But <laughs> that no, shocking. Right. No, no, I it's, it is for me. I have always been a defensive guy. I love defense. Um, and it's just so beautiful to me to watch Jalen Ramsey play yeah, and, and just, and just everything that he brings to the table. And this is just, this podcast has just turned into this segment. Instead of talking about beer bets, we're now just like having a love fest over Jalen Ramsey, which isn't, a, I'm not saying no to that. Don't worry. I got a good transition here. We're talking Perfect. all defense because it was all defense. The other bet in this game was that LeSean <sighs> McCoy plays and gets 150 scrimmage yards. Pete said no, which is reasonable. I said F yes, because I like to say things. And uh, LeSean McCoy, again, a close one. McCoy gets 119 total yards. He got 75 yards rushing and 44 receiving. Like, Herculean effort for someone coming off of an ankle injury and for someone who is playing in an offense that really could get nothing else going. But he didn't hit the mark, so I lose that one. Again, the Jags defense was just amazing. The Bills offense sputtered and, and so did the Jags offense. Uh, I have another note here just to make sure I mention it. Uh, Blake Bortles still sucks at football. 
Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is the only person who topped 150 yards from scrimmage in this game. Uh, and that was just because he threw for 80, 87 and ran for 88 or something like that. Yeah, I I don't know if this was on the broadcast again. I did a lot of drinking this weekend. I don't know if this was on the broadcast, but I heard someone say Blake Bortles and Ben Roethlisberger like right next to each other. And I don't know yeah, if they like were no. saying Blake Bortles is playing Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> or looks like Ben Roethlisberger. But if he said playing or if he said looks like, then dude, bro, stop it. No. Like. Well, physically, they have similar appearances, but they are he does not replicate Ben Roethlisberger's uh, phys, uh, talents on the football field. Ben Roethlisberger can complete passes. Can throw a ball. Uh, yes, so that is, in, uh, is the beer for me. So currently, I believe, and this is where calculations might get tricky, but I believe we're tied. I've got us at three to two. You have us at three to two, which makes sense because we can't be tied because we've gone through five deals so again i i showed off my math ability at dividing 100 by 10 and saying that john gruden's getting paid 10 million dollars a year for 10 years uh and that's the extent of it i cannot do division clearly uh, well that's all right on the next one which i think pushes us to fortitude i think we had a debate about this before the podcast by the way right. so peeling back the piano onion again <laughs> opening uh, the piano up to look at its chords so in the the most interesting game this weekend even though i was very pleasantly surprised with the level of play and the yeah. entertainment uh, in this weekend i thought it wasn't going to be that hot but i watched it all anyway um the drinking probably helped and uh so i bet that drew Brees would throw oh wait you said oh, he no. would throw less than 250 yards and I, I have that Pete says under. Did I say so under? The sentence doesn't make any sense. What the f***? Why did I say under? I don't know that you did, and I'm not going to go back and listen to it. No, me neither. We'll, we'll go let's with call you. It a push. Got me... No, 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 let's call it a push. Oh, let's call it a push. God, I took you were bad so, notes. So I took kind. bad notes. So kind of this. I thought I for sure I had said the over, that he would throw over 250, but maybe I said under because I'm an idiot. You know what? I believe you, and let's just call this weekend a push. It's that a push. Clearly, we need to move to the divisional round. Yeah. We have Clearly. to move on to, to some Clearly. classic Drew Brees game. And what I love about this is uh, that aging quarterback or that it, I'm, I'm putting tons of narrative on something for no reason other than this is the story I want to tell. Perfect. Is that Aging quarterback with an offensive coordinator who thinks he's like the best thing since grilled cheese sandwich with onion slices on it. You should try that if you don't. Nice. Come on. Um, he's been carried by the running backs all game. The Saints have been so successful because they've utilized their running backs and because they've kind of slowed things down and had a more conservative game plan, but not in the playoffs. Drew Brees throws for 376 yards, two TDs, and a pick. And then what I really liked, even though it didn't work out. Late in the fourth quarter, it's fourth and two. If the Saints get a first down, they win, and they go for it. And at yeah. the time, and every other time, I will go for that. If I have Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Michael Thomas, and some tight end who can catch the ball, I will do that every time to win the game. They Thanks. didn't get it. The Saints defense stiffens, and they make a very exciting finish to this game and they win and move on. They do. Hey, balls win Super Bowls and the Saints showed that they've got them. And sometimes deflated balls win division championships. Uh, oh, all right. I walked into that one. Oh, don't worry. I don't we're, even believe that. You're we're going to be talking we're going to be talking so much about Patriots extra motivations when we get to the Titans Patriots. Um but yeah, no, I I love this because it's it was exactly the game plan, and I'm and I'm going to we'll talk about this when we talk Saints Vikings. The game plan clearly for the Panthers was, hey, we're not going to get beat by Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Let's shut down the run and force their quarterback to make plays. And then you realize, oh shit, their quarterback is Drew Brees, who every single other year has led the league in passing yards and touchdowns. Wonderful observation, Pete. But kind of funny to hear it said out loud. Let's make Drew Brees beat us. Right? It's preposterous. It's an absurd statement. But the crazy thing is, is this team, this team is so well constructed through through luck, through you know design, however you want to phrase it, that that is now the thing. Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram are so dynamic and so effective, and that rushing attack is so potent 
that teams are now forced to being like, pick your poison. Do you get beat by the run or do you force Drew Brees to pass on you? And the Panthers try to do that and they just don't have the corners to to hang with them. Yeah, even though it sounds so silly, it's really not if you've watched the Saints play. And since I've just made fun of your Patriots, I'll give you a little love. It's like, you want to make Tom Brady beat you and shut down the run? Cool, no problem. You're going to make them run and Tom Brady just be a spectator? Yeah, also, no problem. And that's why I really want to see the Saints make it through these playoffs because they are so interesting. You can't shut down one thing. Like on the Jags, if you can shut down their run. If you shut down Leonard Fournette, it's game set match. And occasionally spy the quarterback on third and 15 maybe, (laughs) Maybe. then you're going to win the game. Right. And and so the, the Saints... Defense is pretty scrappy. Can't stop the offense. I, I really hope that we see the Saints in the Super Bowl this year. Uh, with that, let's move on to the divisional round. So, yeah, so clearly beer bets, we are even. Thus, got to take them into the divisional round. So we're going to talk about all four games. We're going to make some bets. We're going to make our points. And then we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I wrote about these games and what each team needs to do to win this weekend today. Uh, so make sure to go check it out on fake teams. That is a plug. Do it. Um, let's start with the first game, the Falcons versus uh, the Eagles. <clears throat> now, this game would have been a hell of a lot more exciting if Carson Wentz uh, hadn't torn his ACL and was and was a, a member of the uh, Eagles still. But alas, yes, stupid Carson Wentz, the football gods are horribly cruel this year in particular uh this game's going to come down to defense for me uh the falcons defense we saw it uh against the rams they are click firing on all cylinders uh through the last six games they've held teams to 16 points per game which i mean they they held the rams who scored 29.5 per game or whatever were the highest best scoring offense in the league this year to only 13 points that's a hell of a hell of a defensive performance and <clears throat> This is going to be an easy win for them if they can get pressure. Nick Foles' passer rating when he is clean and has nothing around him is 107. Uh, And if he's under pressure, uh, that drops to a staggering 23. A 23 passer rating if you get any kind of pressure on Nick Foles. So uh, defensive line is just going to Grady Jarrett, Vic Beasley, uh, Don Terry Poe, those guys just need to eat, and this game is pretty easy, I think, for the Falcons to run away with. Yeah, I mean, so we've seen Nick Foles string together a miraculous season before. And it's the NFL, and you never know what's going to happen. But if I have to bet a car payment on this, and I would, <laughs> I just... It sucks for Eagles fans. You've had such a good year. And like the Raiders last year, who were just steaming into the playoffs, you lose your quarterback to an injury and your team just, I mean, the team's still good, but you're not good enough. You're you're not Jaguars defense. Good. Right. That's a really good, that's a really good comparison. My, my bet, if you choose to accept it, is that Julio goes over 150 and a touchdown because I think the Falcons just crush the Eagles and I don't feel comfortable betting anything else outside of that. Uh, I will take you on that. I do not think that Julio is going to put up that much. I can see him putting up a touchdown. I don't think that they're going to. I think this is going to be, first of all, the Falcons offense has been outside of Julio's 250-yard game. Uh, been extremely balanced in passing. Uh, and so I don't know if they're going to target Julio so uniquely just him. I also think that this could be a pretty big uh, Devonta Freeman game and Tevin Coleman. But I think Julio, I don't think that, I don't doubt you that Julio is going to have a big game. I don't know if he's going to go for 115 to touch. Yeah, and I mean, I tried to make these things interesting. The only I reason like I think this is going to happen is because Julio does this every once in a while. And, That's you cool. know, do. Which is a not a great analyst take, but just do. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's. I mean, that's 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 all the reasoning you need. All right, um, so I've got us down. Pete says no. I say yes. Perfect. Perfect. Beautiful note right there. Um, yeah, that's all I really got for this game. I mean, sat again. Like after learning, after watching the Titans come back and beat the Chiefs, a part of me is like. Hey, don't count out the Eagles. Their defense is, I mean, their defense is really good. 
And maybe you just run the ball like hell. Maybe LeGarrette Blunt is able to use his size and bulk against these kind of smaller, undersized linebackers that that the Falcons have. Um, but it's going to take a near-perfect game from the Eagles' defense and running game to order to win this. And so, like, part of me is like, hey, don't count out the Eagles. We all counted out the Titans and thought this game would be a wash. But uh, the much saner part of me is like, this game is stupid and I'm not watching it. Yeah, I mean, a couple turnovers and any team can win. And uh, of course that happens, but nah, I, I think we're really kind of grasping at straws to make this interesting. I concur. So let's move on. Uh, Titans versus the Patriots, and my goodness. Uh, this is... Speaking of games that are not really interesting. Games that have really no interest. Yeah, uh, we were both wrong about the Titans last week, but they're going to need another Mariota miracle to win this. Uh, I don't know what that involves. Maybe he... Uh, plays defense and gets a pick six on Brady. The only thing that Mariota can do to one up his both playing offensive line and throwing a touchdown to himself. Um, Patriots uh, for the Patriots. It's just stop Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry ran all over the chiefs defense. And if you stop that uh, suddenly this offense, you're then forcing Mariota to win the game by himself. And I, I mean, I guess we just said that he did that for against the chiefs. So, and so Derrick Henry kind of has what I like to call the A.J. Green syndrome. For you A.J. Green owners who have owned him for several years, you understand that like six or seven times a year, the opposing defense just forgets to cover it's true. A.J. Green. And he catches like a 65-yard touchdown. You put enough of those together, and you're, you're a top 10 wide receiver. Derrick Henry just has 18-wheeler-sized holes eight times a year. It's, it's, and he just runs for run 80 yards and a touchdown. Like, and the thing is, is it always happens in the fourth quarter. It's always like at a critical time in the game. I think I think I saw a stat that he is second in the NFL in yards uh, in the fourth quarter. And, and I wouldn't be surprised. And, and of course, some of that comes from the Titans have a stout offensive line and they run the same plays over and over. So eventually I understand it comes together, but just... I think the Patriots are too disciplined to have something like that happen. I think they're going to make Marcus Mariota beat them. And I think that since Mariota's coach doesn't put him in that situation, even though I think Mariota is capable, I don't think that's going to happen. I so I don't think they have to totally sell out to stop the the run like the Buffalo Bills did against the Jags. But but they're going to be able to commit enough. Um, I'm going to do it. I, I, I don't think anyone on the Titans receiving staff is going to be able to do enough. It's just going to be so, – so, so anyway, my, my bets for these games, because I think they're going to be uninteresting, is that both the Patriots and the Falcons win by 16-plus points. Or, that was literally my bet. My bet was that, oh. my, my bet was that the Patriots are going to win by 17 at the, at the least. Okay, I'm talking both games, so consider that. Right. Or Mariota has three or more turnovers. I'll take Mariota has three or more turnovers. I okay. think that I think that uh, the Patriots defense, while good, gotten better. I guess I shouldn't really say good. They've gotten better. They've improved. They don't tend to turn the ball. They don't tend to force turnovers all that much. Uh, and I, it would be a lot for Mariota to throw like three picks or three, two picks in a fumble or whatnot. So I don't know. So my thinking is just that this game gets out of hand quickly yeah. and they force Mariota to do it. And he, as much as I like him, makes bone. He does make plays. sometimes real dumb interceptions. Um, but this game is not just, and I, I want to briefly touch on this briefly because I'm a Patriots fan and it's been all over the news because God forbid the Patriots go into any Super Bowl run without some sort of, Oh, news breaking. Um, the Patriots, this is going to be one in a goddamn landslide. And it's not going to be just because they're playing the Titans. It's going to be because the Patriots, and I saw this. This is a random fact that someone tweeted on the interwebs, and I am 100% on board with it. Uh, the Patriots are undefeated in, quote-unquote, motivational games in the Belichick era. So someone has gone through and they've like recorded all of the different motivational shit that people have said. Like in 2016, the Steelers had the locker room video and Mike Tomlin was talking about how the Patriots aren't anything. Uh, Patriots won that game. 2016, Ravens was a deflate gate revenge game, won that. Browns, 
uh, Brady returned from his suspension, won that Colts revenge, et cetera, et cetera. They go all the way to 2003. Basically, Belichick and Brady are undefeated when there is a quote-unquote motivation. And there's no quote-unquote motivation more so than the goddamn people at ESPN being like, hey, guess what? Well, the dynasty's ending because uh, these three guys who've been together for 18 years, uh, uh, they all aren't best friends. It's like, of course they're not best friends, you idiot. They're freaking business partners. And they all know that. And they're going to get together and they're going to work together and they're going to still win championships. This happens on every single goddamn team. And the only reason you care about it is because you think it's going to bring down the Patriots dynasty. <laughs> Yeah, so we mentioned earlier how I avoid social media and silly news, and I would just like to remind everybody that uh, fairly recently, ESPN was bought by Disney, and they do. Uh, my opinion is that uh, ESPN and Disney don't give a shit about putting out good news. They need you to click on their articles. They need you to talk about them on their podcasts. And so my only recourse to this horrible journalism is to just not participate in it. This is incredibly silly. I'm with you. This is a made up story and look at all of the buzz that is created. So like, if you want to not reward this, read good articles, like the ones that we put out over at faketeams.com and an SB nation. Don't give this trash your time and attention because the most valuable thing you have now is your time and attention. Just guys, this is just incredibly silly. People at work have been bugging me about this and I'm just like, I don't care. I I don't care. Not, I just appreciate I just appreciate I finished my rant and I get to see just a calm contemplative Clark stroking his beard and he says, you know, here's my thoughts on this. This and only matters calm- if you think yeah. it matters. And this right. doesn't matter. The, it doesn't matter. Oh, Bill Belichick and Groff not gonna guys. Chill. Guys, come on. There's Chill. football happening. Like, let's talk about this shit in the offseason when it's like six months and we're desperate. Like, okay, but there's football. Ah, the Patriots just permanently live in the minds of everyone at ESPN. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like someone on the Yankees farts in a cab. It's a story. I get it, you know, like, and that's fine because you just want clicks, but like, yeah, screw it. Anyway, uh, let's talk about a game that will get all of the clicks. The Jaguars at Heinz Field playing the Steelers. Um, I am going to say this. Maybe you can take this as a beer bet if you want. My spidey senses are tingling, and they kind of tell me that there's not only going to be a pick six in this game, uh, but there's going to be a fight between Jalen Ramsey and Juju Smith-Schuster. I just, I have this sensation that Jalen Ramsey and Juju are going to get in a fight, and it's going to be epic, and it's going to get them both ejected. Okay, I, I feel like it would be, I'll take that, but I feel like that would be unfair. I will give you, there is a fight and someone is ejected. I'll take uh, that. Perfect. I say no. You say yes. Perfect. I'll take that. I just, I just think, I think that this, I think Jalen Ramsey is going. The Jaguars' defense is going to come into this game with the most swag anyone could possibly carry with them, and they. I mean, this is. I am expecting a keep to leave levels of chain grabbing in this game between everyone, just everyone in this game. Jalen Ramsey has shown the ability to get under people's yeah. skin. I don't care for dirty players, but Jalen Ramsey hasn't done anything to show me that he's dirty. He's not. He, he talks a big game, and when you're arguably – not arguably – when I think you're unquestionably the best person at your position and you are and you play defense, like you should play an oppositional role. And so yeah. kudos to you, man. If you can get the wide receiver thrown out, You've won. you've done your job. That was his thing. That was one of the best quotes about the Bengals when AJ Green got thrown out. Is Jalen Ramsey was like, "I did my job. Like I got him thrown out of the game. That's exactly what I'm supposed." <laughs> He's just soft. He's just soft. Um, oh my god, that was so, it's so good. Uh, yeah, and I just feel like I mean, we saw Juju rock Vontez perfect, and he claimed that was just because like, oh, I just saw a guy and I hit him. And it's like, no, clearly, I mean, there was. A lot behind that hit. And so I feel like Juju is someone who, if you get him riled up, could uh, – he's a rookie. He could maybe lose his head a little bit. And I think uh, I think Ramsey's going to be going to be there to, uh, to rile him up. So that would be a hell of a trade for the Steelers. If, if you can trade Juju Smith-Schuster getting ejected for Jalen Ramsey, you take that <laughs> in a minute. That's like, you know, right. trading your rook for the queen – like you, yeah you do that it's super true they should even tell Ju- juju they'd be like hey juju start fighting jalen 
and get him ejected. Get them, get both. We don't care. If you get yourself ejected, we don't care. But get Jalen ejected. I'm not going to um, put this in an email, but let's Skype call about it so that there's no record. Yeah. So my my two bets for this game is that I got a couple and you pick your favorite one. I've got uh, the Jags lose, but by less than six points, because I, I think this is going to be a surprisingly close game because of okay. the defense. And then number two is Le'Veon Bell, even though the Jaguars defense is amazing, gets 125 plus scrimmage yards and a touchdown. So I'm clearly going to take your Jags lose by six points because you know what my beer bet is? The Jags do it, baby. The Jags pull off the upset and they win in Heinz Field again. They already did this in week five. And yes, Mike Tomlin's already gone on record and telling me, oh, we're a different team than we were in week five. Yeah, okay, Mike, I'll believe it when I see it. I just think really what I think has happened is I think Ben just self-destructs. We That's literally how they lost the game in week five. Ben threw five interceptions. Um and I think Antonio Brown says he's 100%. Uh, what happens if, you know, Antonio's torn calf acts up and suddenly you don't have Antonio Brown? And Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye are now on Martavis Bryant and Juju Smith-Suster. Who are you throwing the ball to? You're throwing it to Le'Veon Bell with Tevin Coleman on him or uh, Tevin Smith on him? I mean, what, what, what's happening here? I, I I will absolutely take that. Of course. So we're we're just gonna make this bet that the Jags win and Barnes says no. Uh, so let's look back at some of the games the Jaguars have lost this year. Oh, not boy. not to say that the Jaguars are bad, but just to remind people that the Bills squeaked into the playoffs <laughs> because of a confluence of events <laughs> that were very unlikely to but, happen. Stop poking holes in my amazing bet. So. Uh, the Titans beat the Jaguars 37 to 16 oh, early in the year. The Jets oh. beat the Jaguars. Uh, the Rams beat the Jaguars, of course. That's fine. That makes sense. Uh, let's see here. The Cardinals fairly uh. recently beat the Jaguars. Uh, now, now, now again, and the 49ers, Jimmy G, ooh, ooh. the Titans again. Uh, beat beat them as I predicted, and then they didn't match up in the playoffs, but that's fine. Um, <clears throat> so so the Jaguars have won some good games too. I'm not all disparaging. They beat the Seahawks, they beat the Steelers, so they've beat some good teams. But I, as much as this defense is for real, I don't think this team is for real. That's fair. And and, and, and if you get a touchdown or two on them, they fall apart. No, so that's, so that's I what I think happens. I think it's going to be a close game, though. Uh, but I will, I will, I will gladly take your Jags win versus my Jags only lose by only six. lose by six. I just am looking over these games, and I know again, like we looked over the games last week, and we're like, oh, the home team is going to sweep in every category. I just have a hard. I want to pick an upset, and I just feel like Jaguar Steelers has the is the most ripe for an upset. And I know people will be like Saints Vikings. That seems very clear because it's two excellent NFC teams playing. I and I guess we'll just transition right into it. I I love this Vikings team. They are my favorite to go to the Super Bowl. I love absolutely everything about this team. I think this team is perfectly constructed. Yes, maybe it's all riding on the fact that hope Case Keenum doesn't somehow become the Case Keenum of Jeff Fisher's uh, days. But this defense is, again, I'm a defensive guy. We just spent a whole bunch of time uh, having a love fest with the Jaguars defense. This Vikings defense is possibly even better, uh, which is ridiculous to say. They are more complete, certainly. Their run defense is also top-notch. And they are, we talked about this with the Panthers, I think their strategy, they are a team that I trust to be able to come in and say, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to stop the run, and we're going to make Drew Brees beat us. We're going to make Michael Thomas get open on Xavier Rhodes. We're going to make Ted Ginn get open on uh, Trey Waynes. We're going to make these guys get open against our top-notch corners. And when they played in week one, yes, a lot of things have changed since week one, uh, but the Vikings didn't give up 60 yards to any receiver and held Michael Thomas under 50 yards when they played in week one. So I think I just think this defense has what it takes to beat this Saints offense, and this Saints defense I don't think can get the Vikings offense off the field. I am with you. 100% on yes. every point that you made. Yes. But damn it. I'm going to I'm going to so this is a clear one. You got the Vikings, I got the Saints. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, I like it. 
I love the Saints as well, and I'm really disappointed that we're not going to get to see this matchup in the conference championship right. because I think this is for the conference championship. I, I think whoever wins this game is is going to the Super Bowl, and I cannot wait to watch this game. This game is going to be so good. I think the Vikings are better. Yep. But I think Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Mark Ingram are better. So I is agree. this going to be like, can this insane – pedigree of saints offense who really showed us last week that they still have all of the facets if they need them can they beat what i think is a clearly better overall team because as much as i love drew Brees, i don't think he's playing that much better than case keenum this year wow. and i think the vikings secondary is so stout oh god but drew Brees can throw the ball to teo manabak and makanui for for three touchdowns out of nowhere. Like he's shown that, yeah, put your best corner on my best right. guy. And then some white, then like Willie Sneed got a pass right. last right. game. Like, and so I am just so intrigued by this game. I have no idea how it's going to turn out. And I love that. We're just taking opposite sides on this game. Yeah, it's perfect. I couldn't have planned. We couldn't have planned it better. Um, this is, and I'm glad I've actually, I know, I mean, from a fan perspective, from a watching football perspective, I agree with you that it would have been amazing if this was the NFC championship game from a supporter of the Vikings, from a Vikings fan. Uh, I, it would give me nightmares if it was the NFC championship game. All I would think about was the 2010 championship game uh, where Brett Favre tried to do too much and just threw it right into the hands of Tracy Porter and 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 it just sealed it. And somehow, I feel like I I love this Vikings team, and and I think that they're constructed to go all the way. They're my favorite to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Somehow, though, I just feel like because it's the Vikings, because the because teams just have this uh, this stink on them. There are teams that just kind of keep letting you down in all of the same ways every single time. I feel like if it was the Saints versus the Vikings in the NFC Championship with a trip to the home Super Bowl on the line, being able to play in Minnesota, somehow the Vikings would just let you down in the most glorious of fashions. And I and I'm glad that this doesn't have everything riding on it because I think the Vikings kind of need a cushy opponent to get into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean I I think whoever wins this game wins the Super Bowl. Yes. Ooh, wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, I I love these teams, and, and that's nothing to – that takes nothing away from the Patriots. That takes nothing away from the Steelers. I think the Patriots, Steelers, Saints, and Vikings are clearly the class that is left yeah. in, the, in the playoffs. And I know that's like, oh, the teams that have been great for forever. I mean, Vikings are here and there, but like – yeah, I, I just think whoever wins this one just wins the Super Bowl. And I mean, oh, man. Vikings fans have been like, I read that NFL.com article, too, of like all of the horrible things that have happened to Vikings fans. And as a Houston Oilers fan and Houston Astros <laughs> fan, I'm pulling for the Vikings, even if, though I think the Saints are going to win. I would be so happy to ship you a six pack from Texas for, for this one. For I uh, So I went to school in Minnesota and, and I've been a Vikings fan from kind of an early age because I would play backyard uh, football and I'd always pick the Vikings uniforms because I love the purple and gold. I think that color combo is just gorgeous. good uniform. It's good great. Uniform. A great uniform. I love Randy Moss. I love the purple people eaters. Um, anyways, I would also play Madden 05. Dante Culpepper would just jack it to Randy. Uh, it was good times. Great times. Little hands make big yardage. Um, but I would – there's a real party, and I have a bunch of friends who still live in Minnesota. There's a real part of me that if the Vikings made it to the Super Bowl, I would just take a week off of work, and I would just go to Minnesota for the Super Bowl and then for the sub subsequent week-long celebration that would happen in Minnesota if the Vikings won. I – I have a hard time thinking that if the Vikings make it to the Super Bowl, they don't win simply because that is already one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. That that stadium is just insane. Uh, and and ramping it up to a Super Bowl level and giving a whole week of Super Bowl prep, two weeks of Super Bowl prep leading up to it where everyone's just getting hyped and you're all home. You don't need to travel anywhere. The, uh, there are not going to be any away fans in that stadium. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Unfortunately, I'm cynical, and I think that uh, fans of the teams don't really get to go to the Super Bowl anymore. It's become such a thing. That's 
Uh, I, I think the only team that could beat the Vikings in the Super Bowl is the Evil Empire, and either way, we're getting a great story there. So, yeah, oh god, it's gonna be glorious. Uh, I mean, this, this is, is like the Dodgers versus the Astros, like uh, World Series. Like, either you were a Dodgers fan or you were rooting for the Astros, right? Oh, like, exactly. Like, casual Brewers fans weren't like, "I'd love to see the Dodgers get another one." Like, no, they're like, "Screw the Dodgers and their payroll." Like, I'm gonna root for the underdog. And I think that's what this, you know, what a Pats Vikings Super Bowl would be is like, you'd have your Patriots fans who are like, this is history. This is like never before seen. This is really amazing. And then you'd have everyone else being like, yeah, you though. Go Vikings. (laughs) I would. And this is, this is totally the spoiled Patriots fan in me. Uh, If it was a Patriots Vikings Super Bowl, there is a probably a 35% of me that would be rooting for the Vikings. Because it's right, just like, right. I've, I've seen five Super Bowls out of Brady. I have, we have anything that you want to accomplish, that a quarterback needs to accomplish in order to be considered the greatest of all time. Brady has done. Watching the Vikings and that fan base win a Super Bowl at home would be chaos. It would be everything that I've ever wanted in my life. Yeah, there there has to be a little bit of all reasonable people that at some point says, I've had enough. I'd like to see someone else be successful. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And, that, and me personally, uh, I have I am starting to tiptoe towards that line with the Patriots. Um, of course, of course, talk to me come Super Bowl night and I will probably be drunk and being like, God damn it. Why would I ever say that? No, <laughs> Patriots by a mile. Not I mean, anyone other than the Vikings, just because it's become contrarian to be contrarian against the contrarianism. If it's not the Vikings, I'm rooting for the Patriots. Oh, God, if it's not the Vikings, oh, Lordy, I will be upset and then be very ecstatic. Uh, Excellent. So there you go. So there's there's our our very convoluted divisional round preview. You're welcome, everyone. Uh, Like we did last time, we'll tweet out all of the beer bets because I can tell you for certain I don't exactly recall all of the bets that were made, but I'm sure there were plenty. Uh, so we'll keep track of them all and we'll tweet them out. Make sure to follow us at RB one podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers, follow Clark at NFL Clark. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy these games. We have, hopefully this should be equally as exciting, if not more exciting than the wild card, but at the very least it's setting up for a fantastic championship weekend. There are going to be some delightful matchups there. It's going to be a battle to the Super Bowl. Hopefully the Vikings can persevere. Uh, that is the official uh, team that this podcast wants to go all the way, despite the fact that Clark is actively picked against them this week. But, you know, we'll just ignore his. Team uh, of RB1 podcast. I would be happy to be wrong and see the Vikings win. I'd be happy to. Perfect. There it is. Uh, we are the podcast for the porn box. Uh, the only people who we give successful advice to uh and we will be back at you next week enjoy the divisional round enjoy football